Good morning, Sac City. Welcome into another episode of the Sac City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron the Mukes. I am Mukes. It is a beautiful September 6th morning here in the city. Episode 77 is about to kick off. We are live here in the Sac City Studios here for episode 77. So if you are in the comments, feel free to drop your thoughts below. and We may be able to respond to them during or throughout the show. We are breaking down the Chicago Bears and the San Francisco 49ers today on our episode. Aaron, how goes it on this uh, September 6th morning? Oh, what a hot start. What a hot um, I'm a, Yeah, I know. Um, I'm a little, a little under the weather. Um, not feeling too great, I'll be honest. We're pretty transparent here. I got my my, my body armor drink here. Uh, a little bit under the weather. Had a, had a busy weekend. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit under the weather, man. But uh, but we grind. We grind. That's what my favorite saying was we grind. We continue to do what we do. So I'm excited to talk about these trash-ass bears, these trash-ass niners. You know how we do. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is going to be a, a great way to return uh, to our live shows talking to Bears and 49ers. Um, but we have football this week, Aaron. It is back. Football is back. Thursday, we will be previewing Bills Rams. Thursday, we'll be previewing NFC teams. Uh, Friday, we'll be previewing games. Oh, it's going to be – I said previewing teams, but we're going to be previewing games. This is going to be the place to be for your football coverage right here in Sac City, right here at the Sac City Podcast, because we're doing game previews, we're doing money, we're doing betting, we're doing fantasy. We've got it all here in the city. And you know what else we have in the city? We have some morning headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, it is time for the morning headlines. And of course, the morning headlines is brought to you by Manscaped's Body Wash. Let's dive into the two headlines that we have here today. Yesterday, it broke that the Steelers released their official depth chart. Mike Tomlin was still a little hesitant to say that Mitch Trubisky is going to be the starting quarterback, but the depth chart was released and it listed Trubisky as number one. Uh, Trubisky as number one, Mason Rudolph at two, and Kenny Pickett at three. Now again, Tomlin being the professional that he is, he is like, ah, I'm not gonna, I'm not officially naming a starter just yet. But the depth chart has Pickett at three. Aaron, is this the right move to have Trubisky start the season for the Steelers? Yeah, like, yeah, I don't think there's ever been a doubt, really. Um, I, don't, I don't think there's ever really been a doubt that it was going to be Mitch Trubisky. I think it got a little closer during the preseason because of how well Kenny Pickett played. But I, I don't think there was ever a doubt that it was going to be Mitch Trubisky. And this is kind of the route that I thought Pittsburgh would take all along is go with the veteran, go with the guy that's played in the NFL before and bring Kenny Pickett along slowly. Um, it, it's it's pretty typical. Um, but I also know that Mason Rudolph is not the number two, that Kenny Pickett's the number two. So uh, despite what they put on a quote in official depth chart, Kenny Pickett is the number two quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if something happens to Mitchell Trubisky, Kenny Pickett will be the one that's in the game. I truly believe that. 
Yeah, I, that's what that's kind of been the the, the chatter going around um, was the fact that that Trubisky was named or not just Trubisky was named number one, but Rudolph was named uh, the the bat the quote backup here, and you can't see my fingers because you know how things work. Um, but the quote backup here, but really this is the the backup role is Kenny Pickett, and I, I can't see a world where Mason Rudolph plays. Um, but I mean, they didn't trade Mason Rudolph for a reason, so the, there's. You don't think there's any chance that Mason Rudolph actually is the backup quarterback here? No, there's 0.0 negative zero chance that okay. Mason Rudolph's the backup quarterback. Right. They put him number two. They wanted to trade. They wanted to trade him. Uh, <clears throat> they wanted to trade him, but they wanted a little bit more than what teams are willing to give. And I think it was just kind of a, a leverage tactic there. I don't think there's any doubt that Kenny Pickett is the number two. As a matter of fact, if you look at most depth charts, Kenny Pickett is still listed as the number two guy. And I know there's a quote unquote, an official depth chart that's yeah. some says it's out there. Kenny Pickett's the number two. Fair enough. Fair enough. The other headline that we have involves your Dallas Cowboys, Aaron, this morning, the Cowboys agreed to terms or yesterday. They, they agreed to terms uh, with offensive tackle, Jason Peters, uh, the future hall of famer returns home uh, to the state of Texas to join the Dallas Cowboys, obviously losing Tyron Smith. They bring in Jason Peters, hopefully fill that gap. Jason Peters came out and said, I couldn't pass it up playing for the Cowboys. When Jerry called, I came, I'm excited. This is my home state. Um, and he brought up the the reports or what he used to, what he said once about the Cowboys uh, calling them arrogant. Um, he says, "I don't call the Cowboys arrogant. I call it swagger." That was what he kind of changed up now that he's a official member of the Dallas Cowboys. How excited are you to see Jason Peters come in uh, to help this offensive line? <laughs> How excited am I? Why do I matter? Because um, well, I'm going to you are you are speak to you from a non biased perspective here. As a Cowboys fan, cool, but um, he's 40 years old, uh, and I'm sorry. Yes, I love the I love the experience that that he's you know that he brings to to the Dallas Cowboys locker room and, and everything like that. Uh, but he is 40 years old, and and that's going to be a, a problem for me. Uh, I, I think I would have rather somebody youthful started on that side. Um, can he still be good? Perhaps, but I, I'm not sure how much this is actually going to help an offensive line that seems to be a little bit in shambles right now. And Bailey, uh, this is why this is why we don't do live shows because he's already wrong about Jason Peters. He's only played for the Eagles. So what are you talking about playing for everybody in the <laughs> NFC East? The only other the, team he's played for is the, the Eagles. Well, he played no, for the Bears. That's oh, not the, the NFC NS East. Yeah. yeah. Like, like. Get it, get it, get it together. Just the Eagles in the NFC East. Figure it out. Dallas Cowboys. So, like, let, let's move on. This guy's 40 years old. Um, it's great that he wants to come play for the Dallas Cowboys. And it goes to show you that they obviously felt like they need, had a need. Yeah, the, obviously, it's not there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was. He was at one point a big deal uh, at 40 years old. It's going to be hard to see him return back to that form, uh, but a good veteran leader, maybe a good leader to have around in the locker room uh, as well. He's a big dude. I just saw pictures of him. He is a massive human being. He is a large human being, um, but that does it though for our morning headlines presented by Manscaped's body wash. Get your Manscaped body wash today. Their ultra premium body wash is infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, fresh and moisturized using a clean vegan dye vegan dye free formula scented with authentic refined 
cologne will get you smelling fresh and clean to start your day off right. Get your Manscaped body wash today. Head over to manscaped.com and use the promo code SACCITY at checkout to save 20% off. And we have our injury report. Sorry, my internet is lagging a lot right now. Um, it's time to get into some of these injuries as we head into week one. And uh, there's a lot of them, but some good news, some bad news. Uh, David Bakhtiari starting Green Bay. David Bakhtiari says he's on track to start in the Packers opener against Minnesota. I think that's huge news when you talk about the additions that Minnesota made defensively with Zadarius Smith. Obviously, having Aaron Rodgers protected is first and foremost the number one priority of the Green Bay Packers. And David Bakhtiari, obviously one of the best when he's healthy. So him being back will will help that. Devastating news, I feel like, with the Philadelphia Eagles. Andre Dillard undergoes surgery to repair his broken form today. It looks like four to six weeks. Um, Look, Philadelphia's offensive line is known as one of the better ones in football. But I don't know that they can afford too many injuries. We've seen this before. Um, I know – you know, it's just a backup. But when you got guys like Jordan Mailata and Landon Dickerson and Kelsey, like this is one of the best offensive lines of football. If they have anything happen to them, Andre Dillard was going to be come in and, and probably play that position. I know he's a backup left tackle, but he is versatile. Um, I don't think that they could afford much losses on their offensive line. They don't have much depth there, uh, but their starters are extremely good. But we saw what happened when they struggled. Uh, the past couple of seasons, it's been when that offensive line has been hurt. So I thought that was a big one there, um, just from a depth perspective on that offensive line. Uh, Doug Peterson, gee, this is going to make Vinny happy. We, we've been saying it all along. We felt like James Robinson was going to be good to go. And uh, James Robinson is good to go. Looks like he will be playing week one. What that means as far as carries and outlook for him and Travis Etienne, we are soon to find out. And I am. this might be one of the more intriguing storylines of week one don't interrupt my injury report you can have your thoughts on the injury report after the injury report so that's going to be one of the more intriguing storylines in week one um and then robert sala came out and said there's a possibility zach wilson starts in week one i don't expect him to um i think it's a little bit of a stretch to get back out there week one but that's a good positive note positive sign trending towards he should be back fairly early in the season um more dallas cowboys news michael gallup is not expected to play week one but they did not put him on the PUP list, which means he looks like he will be able to play before week four. Um, he won't have to miss those first four games. And then Sean McDermott said he'd be surprised if Jordan Poyer is not on the field on Thursday. So good signs there for Poyer looking to be back on the field for Buffalo. Okay, Vinny, go ahead. How excited are you for James Robinson? I'm very excited for James Robinson, but I I, I don't know how to feel about how like this week one is going to go. Like we obviously saw – in there was no he didn't he didn't get any preseason action and he didn't get he wasn't a big part of training camp in terms of like running in like the the 11 on 11 drill like he wasn't that big of a part so I, although i think james robinson is going to be the lead running back this season for the jacksonville jaguars i'm a little I, like you said i'm interested to see how it goes in week one and how the carries are split. If they work James Robinson back in, maybe this is the, maybe this is the tryout for Travis Etienne to be the lead back. 
because of all the work that he got in the preseason and how little work James Robinson had, like that's where my head is for, for James Robinson and his return uh, back to the field for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, yeah, I mean, they shouldn't rush him back, but the fact that he's on the field is a big deal. Like when you come back from an Achilles tear and it would be easy, and which is interesting. This is what the most interesting part. It would be easy for a Doug Peterson to come out and say, you know what? We're going to take it slow. We have Travis Etienne. I'm not saying this is a knock on ETN, but I find it I find it real intriguing as to why they need to rush James Robinson back. If Travis ETN is supposed to be this all-worldly talent, first-round draft pick running back, why are you not just saying, okay, James Robinson, you had no preseason action. You didn't do 11-on-11s. We're going to now work you into practice first, 11-on-11s, full speed, get you going, and then put you on the field. Instead, you're going straight to game action. Um it, it tells me a little bit about Travis Etienne, to be honest, and it, it points to exactly what I thought was the thought process, which was Travis Etienne is not going to be there to be an every down back, that he is going to be a playmaker, that he they want him to be working in most multiple roles, being versatile, but that James Robinson is the between the tackles, you know, first and second down, I need two yards type of running back on this football team. That's the way I feel like it's going to play out. And by him starting week one, or at least being playing week one, I, I think that's what they're trying to, I don't want to say hint at, but I think that's where this conversation is going. Either way, I'm excited to have James Robinson back on the field for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's that's where it's at here. Um, but that does it, though, for our injury report. Coming up after this break, we are going to be diving into the San Francisco 49ers season preview. This season preview is brought to you by Manscaped's brand new ultra premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. This luxurious lather cleanses and nourishes in just one step. Using coconut water, green tea, and aloe, this non-greasy daily formula is naturally hydrating and rich in antioxidants to revitalize the look and feel of your hair. So head on over to manscaped.com and use the promo code SACCITY for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. The new ultra premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner from Manscaped. Take care of hair everywhere. The San Francisco 49ers, after finishing 10 and 7 last season and one win away from a Super Bowl trip, they return this year with a new starting quarterback uh, behind center in Trey Lance. They still have Jimmy G. They did not get rid of him. We uh, talked a little bit about that during our past episodes about how interesting that move was. Um, but Trey Lance is now the leader of this offense, we think. You bring back Debo Sam. There, there's a lot. There's a lot that happened. Can we just like get, start off with that? There was a lot that happened with the San Francisco 49ers offense this past offseason. And maybe not like a lot, like there's like this insane amount of change, but we went through so many hoops with this diner with this Niners offense with the Debo Samuel stuff and then the Jimmy G stuff. It's like there was a lot. But now we have some clarity. Trey Lance is the guy. Debo Samuel is back. This offense still returns to George Kittle. Um, Elijah Mitchell is the now number one back in this backfield. Aaron, as a whole on this offense, what do you see the identity of it being uh, looking like this season? The same as it's been looking. It's going to be a run first offense. And I don't think that changes just because you got a new quarterback or maybe you, you feel like your weapons are growing another year. And Brendan, I had a really good off season and Debo Samuel's back. I think it's going to be a run for first offense. I think that starts with Elijah Mitchell. And then I think it goes to a Trey Lance. Um, but this team is built off of run and play action and creating mismatches across the middle with George Kittle. And 
They want to control the clock. They want to be physical and they want to beat you into the ground until the fourth quarter. It's what they did against the Dallas Cowboys. It's what they did against the Green Bay Packers. And it's what they did most of the past five years against the Rams and had the Rams on the ropes um, in the NFC Championship game before the Rams were able to overcome that. So this is going to be a physical football team, and I don't expect that to change anytime soon. The difference now is you have a quarterback that can also be physical. Trey Lance can now incorporate his physicality into the run game especially in the red zone, look for the read option to be big there. Look for him to take some of those carries that Elijah Mitchell normally has in the red zone. And now those are Trey Lance's. Uh, you obviously have one of the better offensive linemen in football with, with Trent Williams. I think this is the exact model of the 49ers uh, under Kyle Shanahan that it's been in the past that it's going to be going forward. Physical, run the football first, create big plays, and get the, the ball in the hands of your playmakers. Yeah, and how do you think this affects – like, how, how do you think this affects, like, the, the Debo Samuel chatter this season? This, obviously, in the offseason, we don't know if it was what was true and what wasn't true, but there were reports that came out and said that Debo Samuel was not uh, was not happy with his usage last year being uh, uh, running the ball a lot. He wanted to get paid accordingly because of that. And there, were the, there was the talk about how maybe he has a lessened role in the rushing attack this year. Do you think with with now the addition of Trey Lance being more mobile, we see a lot less of Debo Samuel and his uh, his rushing? Um, I don't know. I don't know because I don't know what 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 in what that really involved. I don't know if that was true or if that was a negotiation tactic or what. I don't think Debo Samuel cares whether he's running the football. Or- or catching the football. I don't, I don't think that matters to him. I think it was about the money. I think he wanted to get paid and he was using that as a negotiation tactic. I I do see regression from Debo this year. I'll, I'll be honest. I think Debo outperformed D- Debo Samuel. Like, I, And I'm not saying the guy's <laughs> not talented, but to go back to back years and do what he just did, I, I haven't really seen that Debo Samuel. And now you have Trey Lance, a different type of quarterback. It's going to be, used in a different way. I think he has already kind of established a connection with Brandon Ayuk. He hasn't thrown the ball to Debo Samuel this preseason. So what kind of chemistry do they have together? I think it's going to take some time to develop that, but I don't know that that has anything to do with Debo Samuel getting carries in the backfield. I thought that was all a negotiation tactic. Um, I don't want to be here, blah, 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 just to get paid. And he got paid and here we are. So if they want to run him, they're going to run him. I don't think that's going to be a, I don't think Kyle Shanahan cares if Debo Samuel didn't want to be back because he was running the ball too much. Like you're here, you're either buying into the system or you're not. And for all intents and purposes, Debo Samuel loved being a 49er. He was kind of their leader uh, vocally and emotionally. And I I think that that hasn't changed. Um, But I do think his production will see some regression with the quarterback switch and how that offense is kind of designed and ran. Yeah. On the defensive side of the ball, what are you looking forward to most with this team? I mean, this is a defense that, I feel like doesn't get a, a whole lot of credit for where they normally finish in the, in the uh, at the end of the season. They're just, they're, they're solid defense. They're just a, the, similar to what we talked about with the saints last in our previous episodes. Um, they're just a solid defense. They don't get all the credit of being like one of the best, but they're consistently there. Um, what are you looking forward to most with this defense? Well, I would argue they do. I would argue that the 49ers, um, yes, in, in a sense, they get taken for granted. But I, I would argue that we talk about them as one of the top defenses every single year um, since the Super Bowl years, really, of 2012. When they Baltimore, they went through a stretch where they weren't very good because of injuries or whatever. But 
they, that's the one thing that's been pretty consistent. And again, the identity of the 49ers is the same on offense that it is on defense, which is why they are such a consistent football team when healthy. They are a physical, going to hit you in the mouth style football team. And that's what wins in the NFL. Um, you guys know I'm not the biggest 49er fan, but I love the way they play football. I love that they are physical. And on the defensive side of the football, they have those type of players. When you talk about Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa up front, Fred Warner, one of the best linebackers in football, um, kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think people expected that, but he's all over the field. They got Emmanuel Mosley and Dre Greenlaw's uh, in the middle of that defense as well, by the way. And then they go out and add guys like Charverius Ward, who was a really, really good corner, an underrated corner with Kansas City, especially in man-to-man coverage. And when you're talking about a team, the, the biggest weakness on the 49ers has been their secondary, giving up big plays at inopportune times. They, we saw it again last year, saw the dropped interception. People got on um, – you know, on them for, for dropping a pick. But at the end of the day, that's what's been their downfall. That's what's been their Achilles heel. It's been making plays in the secondary when it matters most. So you go and get a Charveris Ward who now can play that man-to-man coverage and has that experience on a championship football team with Kansas City that's going to help that back end. I still think they're a little thin on the back end, um, especially at the safety position. Uh, now, you know, they got injuries back there. Jimmy Ward's hurt that's going to be a big deal. And I think that's where they kind of have to look at. Hopefully some of these young guys can step up in a Womack or um, I'm going to say butcher's name, Talonoa, Hufanga or whatever. Hufanga. Hufanga. Those guys are going to have to step up in order for them to take that next step because that's really what it's all about. They have the guys up front. They can create pressure. The linebackers are solid. But that back end, which has been the question mark forever – still continues to be a question mark. So can they take that next step? I don't know, but I do anticipate this as being one of the better football teams in the NFC this year, just because of the consistency in which they perform and the way they play physical football. They will always be in football games. They don't get blown out because they will out-physical you. And in the fourth quarter, when teams are tired, they aren't. And that's and that's the difference. They are the ones delivering the hurting onto people, and that's important in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I, I mean you another name that you didn't that uh, you didn't even mention them being hurt. Uh, Jason Verrett is also a big a big piece to lose uh, on this back end. You go like that, it, it would, I think Jason that they're Verrett's going. To, he has, he has, but he's still a solid. He's still a, a piece. He's, he's still a, a piece board. on the. He's yeah, he's still a piece on the secondary that they're going to have to fill. Um, I'll go to the chat here since we're live. Sleeper candidate for uh, Nick Bosa, defensive player nope. of the year? Nope. nope. Okay. All right. It's not a sleeper candidate. If you're a great defensive player, you can't be a sleeper. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, let's go into what to watch for this season for the San Francisco 49ers. I assume I know where you'd go with this, but I'm going to send it to you anyway. You know what? I'll take it. I'll take it and just be obvious. Maybe you come in and do something different. Um, but it's Trey Lance. It's got to be Trey Lance and the development of him this season. It's it's the how it, you laugh at me all the time about this. I realize I do so much with my hands and the green screen is just blocking it all. Um, Trey Lance this year. And you laugh at me all the time when I bring up like the mental side of things. Um, but they brought back Jimmy Garoppolo and that is going to be a weight that the San Francisco 49ers are going to have to carry this season. If, if Trey Lance does bad, there's going to be times where it's going to be like, Oh, should Jimmy G be brought in and this and that 
how it, Trey Lance fit battles through adversity. Like normally we talk about rookie quarterbacks or young quarterbacks battling through adversity of maybe problems that happen in the game and then them getting another chance the next game to fix that and battle through it. But this time, this is more with Trey Lance because if he has those bad games, there might not be a next game because of Jimmy Garoppolo being right there. We've talked about this. This San Francisco 49ers team has the potential to be right back up there again in Super Bowl contention and be right back up there with the NFC Championship. They have the talent. They have the ability to be there. It was no fluke that they were there last year. So if Trey Lance struggles and they think, okay, we were we were right there with Jimmy G last year. Why not throw him back in? That's going to be brought up during the, during the season. So how Trey Lance handles that adversity and battles through it all and how this coaching staff battles through that. Do they stick to their guns? Do they stay with Trey Lance all season? Like there is going to be a lot of conversation around that Jimmy G starting area um, that, that I'm watching for this season. I think you're on the right track, but a little misguided. I don't. I don't know that there's any guide me. Guide me. I, I don't know that there's any controversy or people are going to be. Oh, put Jimmy G in, or that's going to be a lingering conversation at oh, all. I, I really it, don't. For sure, people hate Jimmy G. 49er fans do not like Jimmy G. But they so no forty nine. Doesn't matter. People, it's all about the people fans. Love the controversy. No, but the the fans are going to be what drives that conversation. Vice versa, it's fans clamoring for Trey Lance because they know Jimmy G hasn't been able to get it done hasn't been able to get over the top. This is, it is about Trey Lance, but you started to go there and I thought you were going to bring it up. It's the coaching staff, but it's actually how much they unleash Trey Lance. And I brought this up I don't know, a few weeks back. Are you going to be so cautious with Trey Lance where you don't run a full complement of your offense? And then you stunt his development, not for this year, because I don't think it matters this year. I told everybody, I think the 49ers will be less successful this year than they were last year. But in the long run, it's going to be beneficial if, it's a big if, the 49ers allow Trey Lance to run the offense and not say, oh, no, he's young. Oh, no, he's raw. Oh, no, he doesn't know how to do this yet. And Jimmy G did just open up the playbook. Let him go through his growing pains. Let him make his mistakes. And in the end, next year, when he's a now a third-year player, he is going to have so much growth as a result of that because he'll have seen defenses. He'll know hot reads. He'll know how to get out of situations that he wasn't in before. Like, that's the growth you have to see from him. You have to allow him to go in and make mistakes. And it is going to cost you. It's going to cost you games. It's going to cost you maybe a chance to win a championship this year. But let's be honest. I don't know that anybody – I mean, there's there are people picking the 49ers to go out and win with Trey Lance because of how talented he is. If you allow him to explore that talent, there is a chance – that you have found something special and that special could be a Super Bowl champion. Like with the team they have built right now, it is only about the quarterback position. They have proven that they can go out and get to an NFC championship game in a Super Bowl with their current roster. If Trey Lance has a magical second year, a, a Patrick Mahomes second year by allowing him to be free and play like him, they could be the Super Bowl champions very much like the Patrick Mahomes of year two, where he went 50 touchdowns and got them to an AFC title game and, and all that stuff. So I think it's there, but it's really, is Kyle Shanahan going to trust Trey Lance enough to do that? If he tries to rein him in and third and longs and they're handing the ball off because they don't trust him to make a play, 
that's going to stunt his growth. And then next year, when he's in those situations and he finally is able to throw the football and he makes those mistakes, you're going to be mad at him because he hasn't he hasn't seen it before. He hasn't done it before. So I say let it happen this year. And then next year you look for um, something bigger from him. Let Lance cook. Let Lance cook. Let Lance cook. Let Lance cook. That's going to be the chant for the for the season when we uh, when we get to week five and they haven't uh, let Lance cook yet. Um, let's go into the schedule though for the San Francisco 49ers. And when you look at it here, it's not. I mean, when obviously when you have to play the Rams twice a year and you got to play the Chargers, this is not an easy schedule for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, what is your storyline? What What do you What's the storyline when it comes to the schedule for the San Francisco 49ers this year? Um, I don't know. I don't think it's that diff- – I don't want to say it's not that difficult of a schedule, but there's some good pockets of this schedule here that's going to bode well for them. Obviously, you get two nice wins back-to-back the first part of the season with the Bears <laughs> and the Seahawks. Excuse me. Then um, go to Carolina, Atlanta. I know those games are on the road, but it should be nice and easy. So say you lost every tough game in the first half of the season. You're 4-4 four and four and you're sitting nice going into the back half. And I think the stretch that point that is really kind of standing out to me is they have. So I don't know. I don't know if this is right. That can't be right. What? That's wild. If that's right. Is that right? Is this schedule on the right hand side? Right. Are all of those home games five in a row? Uh, Let me triple check our six out of seven. I'm going to check our doc, but I, 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 this is what we used on the show. That's wild. Like that, that's a beautiful schedule. If, if I'm the 49ers like that to go home, home after the bye week, you go five straight home games. I, I don't know if I've ever seen that. I don't know if we're right or not, but let's see here. 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. After the, after the bye, it's no, no, no. They're at Arizona. They're at Arizona. That's, that's the one that needs to be changed. Okay. So they're home to the Chargers at Arizona. Okay, and then, and then the rest straight home games are are right. Okay. I was like, that's five straight home games is wild to me. Um, but still, that's a nice pocket of the schedule. You get you get five of seven at home um, after going four and four. If you can win, you know, five of those games, you're you're already sitting nine ten wins before we get to the final stretch of the season, the last three or four games. So I I think the Niners have a a, a favorable schedule overall and, and i think it's going to breed um some wins for them that's kind of weird that's kind of weird that you say that they have a favorable schedule because where do you have their uh what's their record at the end of the season yeah so i have the i have them going nine and eight and again this is about trey lance this is about i told people i think they take a step i mean they went nine and they went nine and eight last year i believe yeah. ten and seven uh, they went ten and seven last year so this would be technically a step back so I, I, I told people before, I think they take a step back in the win column. Uh, but in the long run, I thought it would be more beneficial for them. I thought that they could end up being in the Super Bowl a year from now. Um, so I have them at nine and eight and I have them getting off to a really good start. I have them actually going five of their first six games winning and then a couple losses to the Kansas City and the Rams and then going four and five down the stretch um, winning against the Chargers, the Saints, Miami at home, but losing to Tampa Bay, Arizona at Seattle division game. That could be the toss-up game. That could be the 10th win. Um, and then at Vegas. So I, again, I think nine and eight, 10 and seven, somewhere around there is, is where the 49ers finish in 2022. I have it. I have them going eight and nine. 
that's my final. Um, and I think I think one of the wins that you had there, I think you had them beating Carolina uh, at Carolina. I had them losing that game. I even had that losing them losing that game before Baker Mayfield came out, uh, came to be the uh, Panthers quarterback. Now I, I feel a little bit more comfortable with that uh, and choosing that. Um, but I have them at eight and nine. And I think that like you're talking about this, like if Trey Lance, did they let him cook, they let him develop and this and that, like, I don't know if it's going to be that perfect this year for the 49ers. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't see the 49ers making all the right decisions on the, on the path of Trey Lance's development. I, I see some hiccups along the way this season uh, for the for, 49ers. But what are those hiccups? You can't just, just say that without, that they what, don't what let, I think that they don't, they don't let Trey Lance cook as as much as we want them to. I don't think that leash is going to be that long. I think there's going to be, maybe we don't see Jimmy Garoppolo this season, but either way, I think that the, the, the mental game of everything and, and that burden of Jimmy Garoppolo still being there is going to affect him. And shit, maybe they do throw in Jimmy G and then that throw that throws them off. I mean, you going back to the schedule here. I mean, outside the buy, if they're four and four, I, I mean, I don't think people are going to be clamoring for Jimmy G there because the, the, the schedule that you have there, if you lose to Denver, you lose to the Rams, KC and the Rams again, like it's understandable. But outside of that, I mean, I think if he comes out of the bye, loses to Los Angeles, loses to Arizona, I think that we're really starting to consider putting Jimmy G in at, at week 12 against the Saints to try and get this ship back on track so they can make the playoffs. And even if they don't bring in Jimmy G there, I still think the conversations are there to where it's starting to affect this team. I don't know if I just – like, nothing is perfect. There's always that one team – that has just like a, a just an imperfect schedule. N- nothing is ever perfect, and I just see that with the San Francisco 49ers here. What would be? I guess there would be no. I don't know if, if I'm Trey Lance from from a mental perspective, since you love the mental side of things so so much. From a mental perspective, the team traded up and drafted you high. You sat your first year behind Jimmy Garoppolo with Jimmy Garoppolo. Still, they went to the NFC Championship game. All the way to the championship game. And with Jimmy Garoppolo still on the roster, they said you're our starter. What 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 meant? I don't, I don't like they've already made their decision. Trey Lance knows he's the guy. There's no, oh, then Jimmy G's sitting so behind me. He doesn't if, care. If there was none, obviously these are just reports. We don't know if this was true or not. But Albert Breer came out and said after immediately after the Jimmy G re-signing and the restructuring of his contract, Trey Lance was reportedly a little annoyed in the immediate aftermath of the Garoppolo restructure. Like that's it's just so, these little things. That's, that's little- so fake. That is so fake. He came out with a statement. He's like, Hey, Jimmy G, Jimmy G was there to help me last year when I did my, when I was sitting behind him or I, I was trying to help somebody coming out and saying he was a little annoyed. That means you had a conversation with him and he told you he was a little annoyed. That's what that means. I hate reports like that. Why, I, would, I, why would Trey Lance, who I just agree. renamed the starter, come out and say, "Yeah, I was a little annoyed they brought back Jimmy G"? Well, I could, I could, I could see him saying that. Like, I mean, like being honest, there's, like, if no like, way he's saying that. It's, it's, there it's, is it's, zero it's, chance he said that. All right, all right. I just think that I think that there's something go- that it will be there this this season when. When they go, when they start the season and they go, what was the, what I have them four and four outside the bye, and then they, I think they lose those two games against the, the Chargers and the Cardinals. Like, I think that's when you start seeing the morning talk shows really just 
start that's to fine. That, that's fine if you you see morning talk shows that do that yeah media will do that and i it's and that's why i think affect trey lance that's why i think that there will be some some chatter that affects trey lance and maybe maybe they maybe the 49ers stick to their guns i just don't see a perfect season for the Niners and sticking with Trey Lance all season and just saying, okay, like he's our guy and they're not being any controversy. They're not being any chatter. They're not being anything that affects Trey Lance. Um, yeah. I think we disagree on it. You think everybody's mentally weak. I don't, I don't, I, don't I, 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 that's what you're saying. Like you're saying that he can't deal with, because you're saying it's not about the chatter. The chatter is going to happen no matter what chatter is happening right now, whether Trey Lance or Jimmy G should start. It's about how it impacts Trey Lance. So you're saying that that's going to impact him. And you yeah. think the mental side of everybody is the weaker side. Like, how do you handle stuff like that? I, I think I think a young quarterback, and you can laugh. I'm yes, going to do I'm it. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go out on the, I'm going to go out and just say this now. Young quarterback, small school, not as much like big time, big time feel experience. I think that's what plays into this whole that's another factor that plays into it. We can agree to disagree on this one. Um, are you questioning? With... Are you questioning Trey Lance's mental? Yes, I am. Based I, on I am... what though? There's... Is it just a, it's, it's just a whim. It's just. It's just a. It is. It's me going out. It's just. Th- just getting those type of. You know, I'm very spiritual. <laughs> I'm just very spiritual. I'm just, okay? I'm just wondering what from Trey Lance have you seen that gives off that vibe? Because just... I see a very confident guy. We've seen it before, and I don't want to compare him to like a Jared Goff or whatever, but like we've seen like these not not Jared Goff, uh, like a Carson Wentz. We've seen it with Carson Wentz, North Dakota State, just not preparing you well enough to come in and be able to handle this adversity. He's never faced this type of adversity before. It, it, there's two sides of this coin. Both both sides can equally be said here that either you don't trust it because of this, the, the X, Y, and Z, or you trust it because of X, Y, and Z. I think both sides can be played here, and I lean more towards the side that I have the concern of Trey Lance not being able to, to prepare himself or to be prepared for uh, the chaos that could ensue this season for the Niners if things were to go a little wrong. Let's go maybe, on. Maybe, wait, I want to I address that because I think it was important. I was waiting for you to say Carson Wentz. I was like waiting for you to say. Well, there you go. Layup, dunk. Say that. No question about being successful. And then when he got hurt, Nick Foles came in and won a Super Bowl. That's a different conversation. If Jimmy Garoppolo comes in because Trey Lance is hurt, leads them to a Super Bowl, and then you want to start talking about questioning whether he should be the starter or not and mental and all that stuff. But we have already seen Jimmy Garoppolo. They actually benched Jimmy Garoppolo for Trey Lance, not and then what, vice versa. And then what happened? Well, so, but no, sorry, sorry. I mean, I, last year we did we did get to see Trey Lance a little bit, and then they still ended up sticking with Jimmy Garoppolo, and then he ended up taking him to the NFC Championship. I th- it's still there. We, saw, we did we did not see Trey Lance last year play quarterback. Didn't I? I'm pretty sure Trey Lance played a game last year for the Niners. Wasn't that he that came probably? in in packages to run the football and run plays? No, Trey Lance had a game last year, didn't he? What? Hold on here. Hold on here. Hold on here. I could have swore Trey Lance had a game last year, like an actual game. Yeah, I mean he probably played. Two yeah, games yeah, he played against Arizona. He went 15 for 29. 15 of 29. 
Yeah, but what, and then what does that and have... then played and then played again in week sixteen. Yeah, but what does that have to do with anything? I'm just saying. I'm just saying we've seen. I'm not saying we've. Seen, I digress. Agree to no, disagree. I, I, I'm trying. I'm no. I'm trying to get to where you're going with that. It's I'm, okay. I'm just saying you brought up the Nick Foles thing and how he came in and still want, went ended up winning a Super Bowl. Trey Lance played like it's not like Trey Lance when he played last year he lit up the world like he didn't like his first game against the against Arizona 15 of 29 terrible completion percentage under 200 yards not many rushing yards like he, he had 89 rushing yards he had a decent game rushing but like I just don't I don't wow get what us. your point is my point I, being I, is I'm that not understanding Jimmy G, what the point of that Jimmy is. G came in and took this team to an to an NFC championship he didn't come in he, and, he was the quarterback he was the end of Super Bowl and a Super Bowl that matters and he that got matters. benched that's that my point is they benched him that guy that took him to a Super Bowl that took him to an NFC championship game the also, year before said wanna, you know what you're not our throw, guy I also want to throw out there too in this imperfect season that I think that happens with San Francisco let's not forget may we not forget the draft and us thinking that Kyle Shanahan didn't actually want Trey Lance and then they want he wanted Mac Jones instead that part I agree with. So there's just a lot of things that are happening in my mind. But let's that be honest. Okay. Let's be honest. You also said you didn't trust Trey Lance, and that has not wavered because you're showing it right now. Correct. I don't trust Trey Lance. You are right. I don't trust Trey Lance. I mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm wrong about uh, – I am wrong about 95% of things I do in my life. This oh my could God. add up to – this could be one of the many things I am wrong about. But I'm sticking to my guns. Let's I get don't think it's a problem. right or wrong thing. You're right. It might not be a writer. Let's get into our prop bets. Let's start wrapping up the San Francisco 49ers talk because we still have another team to talk about. Uh, their prop bets here, they're locked and loaded bets. Under nine and a half wins at plus 135. Over th- the, the numbers on this, I really wish I could have simplified it, but I had to be accurate with the numbers. Pretty much over 3,500 uh, Trey Lance passing yards is at plus 105. And then at over 1,250 and a half all-purpose Debo yards at minus 105. I will throw in, if you like, the rushing yards for Trey Lance this year is at over 574 and a half. Is that minus 115? That's actually even both ways. It's over under 574 and a half. Both of them are at minus 115. Um, which is your locked and loaded bet for the Niners? I'll take the under on the Debo yards. And there's okay. a number of factors here. Um, number one, I don't think he runs as much. Excuse me. I'm he's dying. dying. He's dying, folks. He's dying. Told you guys I wasn't feeling well. Live death. Um, I think the under because I don't think he runs as much. And despite what people think or what they thought they saw last year, he didn't run as much as they actually as it as it seemed, right? We, we were talking about a guy who only he still had 365 yards rushing. So it wasn't like he ran a whole lot. He was just very, very efficient with it. Um, but then the pass, the receiving yards of 1400, I don't think he's anywhere close to that with Trey Lance at quarterback um I think Trey Lance is young Trey Lance is going to have growing pains um it's gonna be rough for him to throw for games with 300 yards and all that stuff in my opinion and I also think he has a really good connection with Brandon Ayuk and you still have George Kittle there so um I I mentioned before this is a run first team I don't think that changes I think Debo Samuel under 1200 yards total is a is my lock bet there you go all right and I I will 
I, I, I think that's just the easy money there. That that would be my lock as well. I, I wasn't crazy about I, – I, not, not to dis- – no, not going to do it. That's my locked and loaded bet. Uh, we will be breaking down our preseason power rankings and our final preseason power rankings on our final off-season show, basically, of our season previews. Uh, that's coming out on Thursday, I believe. Is that what we're doing on Thursday? No, that's Wednesday. Wednesday, got it. Wednesday, you will Tomorrow. see our – Bingo. Uh, Wednesday, you will see our full off-season predictions, our full season predictions, I should say, and we will unveil our uh, full preseason power rankings. Ooh, the Chicago Bears is the final team today, is the final team today (laughs) on our uh, season previews. Last season, they finished 6-11. and Uh, This season might not go as well. Um, this is why I was. This is why I wasn't worried about taking too much time with the 49ers because there's no, this team is not going to take very long. That that may be true. Um, the Bears this <laughs> season, obviously, new head coach Matt Eberflus comes in. Justin Fields has another year under his belt. Uh, they lose Allen Robinson on the offense. It's going to be Darnell Mooney who will lead this wide receiving group. Uh, maybe we sprinkle in a little Velas Jones, the senior citizen discount of Velas Jones. AARP. Um, <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, this offense, though. What do you want to see from Justin Fields uh, this year that, that will help his cause? This is tough because <laughs> I don't think Justin Fields has been given a great situation or put in a great situation with the weapons that he's been provided. Obviously, David Montgomery is serviceable. He's a good back. Darnell Mooney's a nice piece. But I don't think they've put the pos- – the players around Justin Fields in order to really look at Justin Fields and say, Oh no, we need to see this. Oh, if he does it, then we're worried about his future. I'll be honest. I was highly impressed with Justin Fields in preseason and I get it. It was preseason, but the things that I saw was different than what I saw last year. And I think, I don't know if it was an offensive schematic thing. I don't know if it's a confidence thing, just, being in the Justin Fields as I was in 2021 coming into it saying that maybe he wasn't going to be a great NFL quarterback. I'm even more excited for him this year. Although I don't think the bears are going to be more exciting to watch, or maybe it doesn't even translate into production right away for Justin Fields. But what I've seen from him from a mental standpoint, being able to overcome some of the things he's been able to overcome. um, It gives me encouragement that if he gets the right pieces around him in the right situation, that he can be a great quarterback, which is what they drafted him to be. Do you see a season that we just talked about with Trey Lance? Do you see a similar situation to where like Matt Eberflus has to let Justin Fields like unleash him? Like you said with Trey Lance, like he asked because last season, obviously it was just a really just weird season for Justin Fields. Um, Do you think this year is like one of those years where you need to see, you need to have Justin Fields cook? (laughs) No, but I think it's different. I, I think it's because they don't have the talent like the 49ers have of an Ayuk, a, a Debo Samuel on the outside, a George Kittle, the running game, the offensive line. I think everything with, with Trey Lance was set up to to allow him to just go out and play. With Fields, you got to kind of be a little bit smarter about it, right? You can't just sit there, go back, drop back, and do your thing because their offensive line is terrible, and you're going to kill them. So – um, I, I think it's different. I think they just have to, they have to be smart with Justin Fields. They have to scheme their receivers open. They have to like do more for him than, than the 49ers would have to do for Trey Lance. And I think that's the difference. 
Um, what I want to see from Eberflus and them is honestly get the run game going as best they can. And I know their offensive line is not, not good, but he's a defensive minded coach. Allow their defense to get better and create extra possessions for Justin Fields. Justin Fields will make plays and he's going to make mistakes. They have to be the type of team that when Justin Fields does make a mistake, that their defense can hold somebody that they don't give up points that they can create turnovers on their own so they can get the ball back to Justin Fields. This is a wait and see long game approach for the bears. And until they get some pieces around Justin Fields that, that look like NFL pieces, I think they're going to just struggle as a team in general. And that'll directly like align with how we feel about Justin Fields. It's going it's, to, it sucks, but. So you think they have to, they have to continue being patient and balanced with Justin Fields because if they let him, if they let him say, okay, go out and make these plays or go out and try and do something that because of the way this, the, the dynamic of this team and the way it's set up and the way it's built, uh, Justin Fields will end up hurting himself in the long run if they let him. Did you watch that there? offensive line last year and watch I, how I Justin did. Fields got killed? And then the preseason, they Pre- still yep. couldn't block nobody. Yeah, He is go- not going to make it through the season if they do not find a way to protect him, both from the offensive line standpoint and in their schematic with the way they're drawing up plays. So it's important. They need to realize that I, we've seen enough that, okay, he could be our future. We just don't have the pieces around him to make that happen right now. So we need him to play because we need him to get that experience, but we need to protect him. So it is more of a cautious approach with Chicago than it would be with the 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, you don't, you you're telling me that this offensive line doesn't improve now that they've signed Alex Leatherwood. That's, that's not, that's, that, that, that told me all I needed to know how they felt about their offensive line. <laughs> they were dead. Yeah. They're like, bring in anybody, bring in anybody that could possibly help us change this. And then, they brought in Alex Leatherwood on the defense side of the ball, though. Uh, there are some players that we kind of that we like, at least in the, some young players that we liked uh, in this draft process. Uh, former Penn State safety Jaquan Brisker comes in uh, as one of their starting safeties this year. We liked him during uh, during the draft coverage that we did. Uh, they still bring they brought back uh, Roquan Smith. They're going to have him play out his rookie uh, the last year of his contract. Uh, still have Robert Quinn there. Is there a player that you're keeping keeping an eye on most this year with the Bears defense, or is it kind of just status quo with a bad team? I mean, the defense is like would, would the defense be the highlight of this team? Like that's their. Sorry, I'm asking too many questions here. Go ahead. <laughs> well, which one am I? Which one am All I of them. All of them. <laughs> um, I'll say this: their their defense. I expect their defense to be the. I won't say the highlight. The best part of their team. Um, but I also have a lot of confidence in their young players. I actually really, really like Jaquan Brisker and I, and I'm grown to like Kyler Gordon. I think the size of Kyler Gordon worried me, but then they moved him into the nickel spot. And I think that's good for him. Um, so I like their defense and Roquan Smith is one of the best will linebackers in football. Uh, he's a straight dog. Robert Quinn led the league in sacks. Uh, and he's, he's an excellent pass rusher, not great against the run, but he can get after the quarterback. So I, I do like this defense a little bit. Not much depth there, but I do think they have some playmakers. I do think they can create some turnovers, get some things going on the defensive side of the football. I don't know that I'm watching one specific group. Maybe if I had to pick a group, I would say I would say the back end just because they have two young guys back there that I'm really excited about. Yeah. And then you got Eddie Jackson, who's a veteran in this league, who knows what it takes to win. Um, so having that experience 
could could help them. And if they can cover, if they can get guys that can make plays on the back end, it'll allow the guys like Robert Quinn to create some plays and Roquan Smith to kind of roam freely around across the field. So probably that back end, um, I, I think they have it in them to to make some plays. But again, this team is this is going to be not one of the more talented teams when you look at roster. Very similar to some of the other teams we've talked about um, earlier this offseason. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where like the the what to watch for kind of falls with this Bears team as a whole on the offense side and the defensive side. It's just the the development of the it's like the it's the easy answer. It's the development of the young talent that they have. How does Justin Fields look in year two? How involved do you get Cole Komet into this offense? That's a player that we're we're kind of keeping an eye on as well uh, to take the next step into the a solid tight end role. Um, and then on the defense, you, you you said it right there, the secondary with Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker coming in and seeing how they develop in year one. Um, it's all about development this year for the Chicago Bears. Um, and how could we forget, man? Equanimity of St. Brown is on this team. <coughs> it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Uh-oh, I froze you. I, fro- I froze you by saying Equanimity of St. Brown. <laughs> Yeah, oh, he's just frozen. That's what he is. <laughs> oh, that's that's terrible. All right, <laughs> let's get to this. Let's get into uh, the schedule at least for the Chicago Bears. Uh, that's not it. That's the prop bets. There we go. Chicago Bears schedule. Aaron, what are you looking out for most when it comes to the schedule? Is there a certain stretch of games or maybe a storyline that you're watching for? Where oh where did the wins come from? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what you're looking at. You're trying to find teams that they can actually beat, and maybe there's six on the schedule that they can actually beat Um, barring any upsets. We know this is the NFL things happen, but Houston, New York, Washington, Detroit, Atlanta. That's it. That's it. So there might be six games that you actually could win. Um, You probably say we give them half of that. I'll be honest. I'll go right into my record prediction. Uh, I got them getting three wins, three and 14. It's it's not pretty. I have them beating Houston at, in Chicago, Washington in Chicago, and Detroit in Chicago. Uh, Chicago's a tough place to play. It could be windy, weather, whatever goes on there. Um, but outside of that, I, I'm having a hard time finding wins. It's at the Giants. It's at the Jets. Uh, there's not many wins left on that schedule for me. And so yeah. uh, I have them three and 14. And the reason why, and you guys will be able to see uh, our Atlanta Falcons preview on our YouTube page, we had a prop bet of whether or not they were going to be the worst team or not in the NFL. Uh, Aaron gave his answer, and I didn't give mine because I think the worst team in the NFL ends up being the Chicago Bears um, at 2-15 and 15, uh, with their schedule. I have them beating Detroit at home, and then I have them surprising us all and getting a win at home against Minnesota at the end of the season. Although I, 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 as I look, honestly, that was almost a generous win that I gave Chicago here because I do think maybe at the end of the season, Minnesota's battling for a playoff spot and they're not going to want to lose that game against Chicago. So like, that's where, that's where I might waver, but I don't want to be that as disrespectful and only give this team one win um, without completely changing everything. Maybe they beat Washington. Maybe I can flip flop that win and say they beat Washington at home. Um, so let, let me and I'm I'm gonna do this because I'm gonna give you some I'm gonna give some love to the Bears and I'm gonna defend them a little bit. Would you say that the Bears are more talented or less talented than they were last year? 
from a team perspective? Uh, from a team perspective, I would. I mean, I'm thinking about the only pieces they lost last year. Really, was Allen Robinson? Yeah, who that's do, who didn't do shit last that's year. That's that's what I'm thinking. I'm th- trying to like look back and see like what did they what did they actually lose this past off season that like that says okay like they're they're not. I mean, you lost Allen Robinson. You lose. Is that, uh, no, that yeah, I, you lose. Yeah, so I would say that they're slightly worse. Than what they were last year, just yeah, because so, of those pieces that you lose, so, but like not so not that. Much. I think we can all agree they're worse. So you lose the key makes, you lose Cleo Mack, you lose Allen Robinson, big pieces. Um, but I don't know if we're giving them enough credit as an NFL team to say they're only going to win two or three games because some of the games last year they won. And remember, they started three and two last year. They beat Vegas at Vegas. They beat Detroit and they beat Cincinnati, who went to the Super Bowl. And then they beat Detroit in Detroit, Seattle in Seattle, and the Giants against um, at the end of the season. I I know I gave them three wins, and I know they won six last year. I I just think maybe dropping them all the way down to two wins is disrespectful to not only Justin Fields, but the rest of the Chicago Bears. Like I think that's a huge drop off. In and from a talent perspective, I look at their talent and I look at the Atlanta Falcons' talent. And I guess maybe the biggest difference to me is the quarterback position. I think Justin Fields is good enough for two or three wins himself. Like just because he's going to have one of those games where he runs for 100, throws for 300. Like what he was doing at the end of last year, I think that's where my three wins comes from. Yeah. Because outside of that, you're right. If if Marcus Mariota was the quarterback of the Chicago Bears, I might have them going 0-17. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's fair. And I see Bailey's commenting in here, bringing up Khalil Mack that they lost as well, but Khalil Mack didn't play. He only played the first seven games. He missed the last 10 games. So this yeah, team, they got most of their wins in the first seven games. Well, well, they got, Oh, they did. <laughs> they, got, they got three of them. So they got three of them so, in the first seven games. So that may be, that may be a, a, a point too. the, the fact that they are maybe not the same team and losing Khalil Mack as well, a game changer on defense like that. Um, yeah. I just I don't I don't know maybe I am being a little bit more disrespectful to the Chicago Bears at two and fifteen and then borderline one and sixteen, um, but yeah I mean you can you can see those games that, like at home against Houston like that that being a toss up like you said at the beginning, um, but let's go to the prop bets for the for the Chicago Bears as we kind of wrap things up under four and a half wins at plus one ninety. Uh, so the odds makers are giving them a little bit more credit than than we are. Uh, over 18 and a half Justin Fields passing touchdowns at plus 100, and over 800 and a half Mont David Montgomery rushing touchdowns, uh, rushing yards, I should say, um, is at plus 100. I don't understand the rushing over unders and the disrespect these running backs are getting. I I wish I could tell you, but I'm not an odds maker. 800 over. I mean, I'm taking the David Montgomery, and I don't even think it's particularly close. The dude played 13 games last year and ran for 850 yards. Like, give me that all day. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. He's never been under 800. I don't know where that he has nobody threatening him for carries. Like, what? I don't. I get the offensive line is bad, but I don't. I don't know why this prop bet is so low. I've seen it with Josh Jacobs. I've seen it with Zeke. I've seen it with a lot of these running backs, and I, I just don't understand it. So I'll take the over. Dave thinks you're a funny guy saying that the Bears would go Owens. Uh, Dave, Dave, shout out Dave, shout out Dave. 
Dave says that, that you're a funny guy for saying that, but I think it's I, I, it's the t- Marcus the Mariota is bad, man, and the, the roster for the Bears is bad, and unfortunately, they they don't have the talent. You keep up when you compare their roster to some of these other teams, you're like, where are they good at? Offensive line is terrible. They Roquan Smith, shout out Roquan Smith. That's it. <laughs> Outside of that, like, where do the Bears have talent at? David Montgomery is a nice piece. Darnell Mooney's a cool wide receiver too, but Justin Fields is going to have to carry that team. He's going to have to run and throw his way to three wins. Like I said. Yeah. Three. Yeah. It's going to be a long, it's going to be a tough season uh, for Chicago bears fans to, to undergo with, with, with what they're having here. Um, Have to with go. Oh man. Hey man, they signed Alex Leatherwood though. Hey, they signed Alex Leatherwood. Good job, Chicago. Good job, Chicago. All right, so I have them at 2-15. and 15. You have them at 3-14. and 14. That does it for our Chicago Bears season preview. And that does it for another episode of the – what? What did I miss? Am I missing something? Nothing. I miss something? Nothing. I thought you were trying to – I thought you were going to end it like it was a, like it was a recorded version. Nope. Nope. I was, I was honestly, cause I know how you clip these. So I wanted to give you that nice little break, uh, which you clip them. Oh, so perfectly uh, at the sack city pod on all of our social media platforms, including right here on YouTube. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button, drop your comments below. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, let us, you know, let us know what you think of the content that we are producing here. Uh, Dave clearly doesn't like our show. Um, what? Wait, which one of these so-called bad teams has a chance to surprise? What do you? That's what is he doesn't like our show? He's asking us a question, Vincent. I, 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 you're right. You're right. Which yes. one of these so-called bad teams has a chance to surprise? Go. I'll, I'll give you. That I think. I, I think I said this. Uh, um, if you turn one of the two, but we're both freezing. My internet's bad right now. Um, no, <laughs> I, I think it's Carolina with the Baker Mayfield talk. Um. I think without Baker Mayfield, people had him picked towards the bottom. I think with Baker Mayfield, not that I'm a Baker Mayfield guy, because I'm not. I think he's, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be that elite quarterback. But if there's somebody that has a solid defense, an excellent running game, obviously Christian McCaffrey, one of the most electrifying players in the league, DJ Moore on the outside, they have pieces and a foundation to say, if they get good quarterback play, they can win. They got good quarterback play for three games last year, and they were three and up. And then Sam Darnold turned back into Sam Darnold, and they lost. So I would say Carolina off the top of my head. Um, and then the only other team I would say would be the Jets because you, you, oh, so you know how I've been on the Jets. I wasn't going to say Jags, but no. I, I as not just a homer, I would also – I would also – oh, there we go. Attaboy, Dave. Attaboy, That's Dave. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. We appreciate you. Um, but I would – Aside from, I do think the Jaguars have a chance to surprise a lot of people with a, a good, with finally good leadership in terms of Doug Peterson coming in, a defense that has a lot of underrated pieces there, um, and an offense that could surprise people. I think that they're one team that could as well. I like your Carolina pick. I think that they're they're a team that could surprise everyone. Like thinking about all of our our teams that we've had, like at the towards the bottom of our power rankings. Carolina, I don't, we didn't put Carolina low in our power rankings though, so they wouldn't like. I guess. What do you mean we didn't put them low? We didn't care. You we we had Carolina at like the bot slightly below average. If they're in the twenties, they're low. They're not in the twenties though. We did not have Carolina in the twenties on our on our power rankings. 
Uh, we may have moved him up once Baker Mayfield got there. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure. Let me. Let me take a look. I'm back. pretty sure. Oh, we had him at 21. We yeah, had Carolina sure at 21. I'm, usually, I'm right, Vinny. Usually, that you're might wrong. Be wrong so you should just... Let me. Let me make. No. Sure right. No. That no. might be wrong. Hold on no. here. That that actually no. might be wrong. I have to. I would have to go back and check the check the sheet here. The check the it's... game notes. Yeah. No, we have Carolina at 19. We moved them up to 19. Two spots. Okay. That's where we had them. That's, that's, uh, a, so... that's a bad football team. It's a non-playoff team. That's fair. That's fair. So Carolina. So I, they, I think Carolina could get into the playoffs in the NFC uh, with Baker Mayfield. That's fair. That's fair. That does it though for another episode of the Sac City Podcast. We'll be back again live at 10 a.m. Eastern time right here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Specifically YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Hit it. This is going to be the place to be during football season for your game previews, your recaps, your um, rankings, your fantasy shows, everything Football. We By the way, tomorrow is a dual show, right? Tomorrow's dual. We have we have our season preview and a fantasy episode dropping tomorrow. For is it our week one fantasy episode? I guess technically it's our week one leading up to our week one fantasy episode. Yeah, um, yeah. So we're going to talk about our draft we just had and how I'm going to dominate. We oh, have goodness our goodness gracious. I got to be honest with you, man. I I finished. <laughs> did you see draft? my video I sent you? I didn't. I did not. I did not. I don't think I did. It. Oh my god! I I Here's just. I, I want to say this. Oh wait, hold on. Was it? Hold on. Let me let's let me live look on it. Let me live look at this. Here. It's the video that I said. This is Vinny after the draft or during the draft or whatever it is. It's a funny TikTok, man. It's uh. Wait 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 <laughs> Bailey. Wait, what are you talking about, Bailey? Twenty That's rounds so is the worst. You don't need Bailey. You're such an inexperienced fantasy football player. Yeah, no, no, no. That's what I was going to get into. After that draft, I hated fantasy football. <laughs> Not just because of my draft and how it went, but also it was – I've never played in a league that way. Like our, our Sac City League is no joke. Like if you want to come in – if you want to be in a, a, a league that uh, is challenging – you made it very, very challenging and very it's supposed tough. to be challenging. Yeah. So that, and I've never played in a league like that. And I ended up after that, after that draft, I was like, man, fuck fantasy football. I hate <laughs> it. I don't want to play it again. I don't want to see another draft ever. I'm glad that that was my last draft that I had to do because I don't want to draft ever again. Oh my it, God. Was, it was the draft was two hours long. That's not what a draft should take. The, the goal, listen, the goal of fantasy, in my perspective, this is what the goal of that league was. You should not be able to just wake up one morning and see quality, productive players just sitting all over waiver wires. And then the first person that goes and puts in most money to bid for waiver. Like, I'm not a big fan of waiver wires. That's why I love Dynasty Leagues. It's like I want the teams that know how to draft and maneuver through trades or whatever to, to be reap those benefits. So when you're drafting and you draft like shit, you shouldn't be able to just week one, hope for that first player to go hurt, and then you get to the waiver wire, spend all your money, and now you have I a league like, running back. should already be on somebody's roster. I feel like we're el- completely eliminating one of the biggest factors of, of fantasy football. But we can talk what, about what, – What's that? What's that? Waiver wire. Waiver yeah. wire. That's, waiver, that's wire waiver wires are, are – talk about an unfair advantage. Waiver wires for, for casual fans is an unfair advantage. Anybody that plays in a fantasy football league with me – that is a casual fan will be at a disadvantage for to me on waiver wires because I will be the guy that's up at two in the morning picking up all the good players and they'll be forgetting oh I forgot the waiver wires are tonight so to eliminate that aspect the people that pay attention you have to draft well because for every four guys in a league. That pays attention. 
There's eight more guys out there that are not paying attention. I think I think with the whole fab, I think fab is the is a solution to a more balanced waiver wire. No, it's I think not. that's I think that's the solution here because you have to be strategic with your fab money. That's what it it's, comes it's down so. To. It's such a misnomer. Usually, maybe, week one. Usually, everybody that blows their load meet week one as the guy that gets the league winners. The maybe, guy that tears his ACL week one, and you pick up the backup running back. That's usually the league winner. Everybody else is these two and three week guys that you're trying to fill in. They end up not having any impact on the fantasy season whatsoever. Maybe next year we will shift our Sac City League into a Dynasty League and we make things a little bit more uh, fun that way. But either way, we have a fantasy show tomorrow live at 10 a.m. Eastern time right here on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and follow us on all of our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter. You already did this part. We can move on. I did, but I I did. I did. Okay. All right. Uh, For my best friend, Aaron Mukes, and for myself, I am me. We will see you tomorrow. Peace out. Do I say bye? Bye.